Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the MCE News Roundup, our weekly podcast where we go over this week's most important news, as reported by our Telegram team. I'm your host, Jason, and today here with me is my co-host, Jan. So let's get on with the news. Three months after the elections, Kosovo remains without a government, after the two largest parties, LDK and LV, failed to agree to a coalition. In a last-minute twist that could prevent new elections, conservative LDK have agreed to support a center-left minority government without joining it. Ukrainian government forces and pro-Russian separatists in the east have completed a large-scale prisoner swap in the breakaway Donbass region. Ukraine said 76 pro-government detainees were handed over, while separatists said that they took 120 of their prisoners to the swap. Austria's conservatives have struck a coalition deal with the Greens, bringing the latter into government for the first time, three months after a snap election. The Greens will control four out of 15 ministries. The People's Party won with 37.5% of the vote, while the Greens came in fourth with 13.9%. Zoran Zaev has resigned as Prime Minister of North Macedonia, paving the way for a caretaker government and April elections after the EU's refusal to start membership talks. Zayev had put all his political weight in the balance to advance his country on the European track, and the disappointment had been particularly harsh. Belarus is holding talks with NATO to negotiate joint peacekeeping exercises and operations, according to its defense minister. The format will likely resemble Serbia-NATO relations, with Serbia being close to Russia, but with a military training connection to NATO. Pedro Sanchez, leader of Spain's Socialist Party, has been voted back in as PM at the second round of an investiture debate by an extremely tight margin. 167 MPs voted in favor, 165 against, with 18 abstentions. Sanchez has committed to implementing reformist policies, including an increase in the minimum wage. The Australian government has rejected a UK offer for a trade deal which included visa-free work and travel between the two countries. Australia fears that this could cause an exodus of highly trained workers to the UK and an influx of unskilled British workers to Sydney and Melbourne. Now let's get on with this week's main stories. Europe's energy landscape is changing, as we're seeing developments in both the Mediterranean as well as the Eastern Europe fronts. Russia and Ukraine have agreed on a last-minute deal on EU gas transit up till 2024, after Gazprom agreed to pay 2.6 billion euros in an arbitration dispute on old contracts. Jan will tell us more about it. So, the breakthrough came the same day US sanctions halted construction of a Russia-Germany pipeline in a fresh dispute, that of course being about Nord Stream 2, which is being built in the Baltic Sea. But what exactly is it about the stories that makes it special? Well, let's look at the countries. There are the gas companies from both countries. There is Russia, the provider of the gas, and then there is Europe, basically, where you have the customer. Ukraine is in the middle of them. It's basically the middle part. And Russia and Ukraine need to be going along well to ensure the flow for the next five years. That is the reason why this contract has been signed. 
And of course, there's a lot of money in that, just being the transit country. Ukraine is set to collect more than 6.25 billion euros in gas transit fees by 2024. And that's only the next five years. Afterwards, there is an option to extend the contract. And the President Zelensky has said in a Facebook post, energy security and prosperity for Ukrainians would be a direct consequence of this agreement between Ukraine and Russia. And that is, of course, a positive signal for EU businesses that are dependent on gas from Russia. There have been incidents in the past where consumers in the EU were completely cut off from the energy grid. As Jason mentioned, earlier in December, Gazprom paid 2.6 billion euros to Ukraine's Naftogaz, which is one of the main state gas providers, to settle those old disputes. And probably that is going to pay off because 40% of Russian gas exports go to Europe, the main customer being Germany. So there is the Nord Stream 1 and currently under construction Nord Stream 2 that will provide gas to Germany specifically. But most of Europe's gas comes through the pipeline that is going through Ukraine. So it's of high interest for the Ukraine and Russia to get along well just so that the transit of the gas is secured. Besides all of this, however, there is another development on the energy sector that we missed during the holidays. Greece, Israel and Cyprus have signed a deal to build a pipeline carrying gas from the eastern Mediterranean to continental Europe. More on the story from Jason. Right, so the 1,900-kilometer-long EastMed pipeline should provide an alternative to Russian gas supply to Europe and is expected to satisfy up to 10% of Europe's gas needs. As mentioned before by Jan, Russia is a difficult business partner when it comes to gas, so the EastMed pipeline will provide an alternative source that will shift Europe's energy landscape towards the southeast. This development goes against Turkish interests, as Turkey plays no part in the deal. However, Turkish officials have said that the country will not tolerate being excluded from accessing and profiting from the eastern Mediterranean's natural resources. In addition, Turkey's deal with Libya concerning a new exclusionary economic zone looms over the deal, with officials stating that the deal will not come to be realized without Turkish consent. There's intense criticism from both sides. On one hand, the contracting parties boast full compliance with international law. And on the other, the Turkish and Turkish Cypriot side claims that gas exploration should not have taken place without first addressing effectively the issue of the island's division, as the Turkish Cypriot community is excluded from the benefits of the deal. In any case, the project is considered to be very important to EU common interest and is supported by the central authorities. On Wednesday, Greek Prime Minister Mitsotakis and U.S. President Trump will meet to discuss the troubling developments in the eastern Mediterranean and reaffirm the roles of Greece and the EU as stable and reliable partners in the now turbulent region. This has been your weekly news roundup. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll hope to see you next week. Music